0: So glad that y'all are here today. Uh, so we're in, in, uh, in the middle of a series called You Got Questions. And uh, we all have questions, don't we? And some are very tough questions. Some hang us up. Some, some even challenge our faith. And that's what this uh, series is about. Uh, we're looking at some tough questions. And, and the purpose is threefold First, we want to increase our desire for the Word of God. The Word of God has answers to our questions. Now, I'll tell you up front, it doesn't have every answer because there's a faith element involved. But we want to look to God's Word for the answers to those questions that we have. We want to clarify some misconceptions that that some may have. And we want to be equipped to help others with their difficult questions. So we hope that uh, these goals are, are uh, taken care of during this time, during this series. Uh, so our series text is found in 2 Timothy 3. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful. Now, that Bible is not just printed book, printed page in a book. That's God's word from you. It is alive and active, the Bible says. And it is wonderful. It is blessing to your life. It is life itself because that word, that spoken word is actually Christ in in word. The Bible says that he is the word of God. So all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that's what we want to be. We want to be equipped right? We want to have more than the verse Jesus wept to help somebody. Amen. We want to be able to say, well, let's look at what the word says. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you today for freedom that we have, freedom in our country, freedom of religion. Lord, I thank you for freedom in Christ. And today, if there's someone needs that today, you're here to give it. And thank you for that. You've already paid for their freedom. Now, Lord, speak to our hearts today. Church, let's pray it. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Wave at somebody beside you as you're sitting down. Give them an air high five. Slap somebody upside the head. No, you can be seated. Been really been praying about a slapping ministry? I think, just, I think that may be of the Lord. There'll be a special altar call after the service today if you just need to be slapped or if you know someone that needs to be slapped. Just push them up to the altar. <laughs> Somebody's thinking about somebody right now. <laughs> hey, just a couple of announcements. This Wednesday night is first Wednesday, so it starts at 6.30 And there'll be worship, there'll be communion, there'll be word and prayer. So don't miss it. You want to be here for that. And then next Sunday, our very own overseer, Pastor Eugene Green, is going to be with us. Him and Nancy are are excited about coming. And he said, man, I'm excited about this word that God has put on my heart for Move Church. So that's next Sunday. Come and bring someone with you. If you're watching online, we welcome you. And let's make them feel welcome right at home where they're watching. So as you see, I I brought up my little black bucket here that has your questions. And I did not cheat this week. I was tempted. I wanted to look in there and read some of your questions, but I did not. So the question that I pull out will be the first time I I see it. So I'm going to look at one of those in a moment. And if they're needing more time, we may look at two. But I have some my own questions. These are some questions that as a pastor these 20 years, I've been asked, and many of them, multiple times. And this is one of those that I get asked often, many, many times. And it's in some form of this question. So question number one is, how does God speak to us? And it's usually... Uh, how, how, can I get, how can I know I'm hearing from God? Or how does God talk to us? So I want us to look at this question first. There's three truths about hearing from God, okay, that you have to understand. Three truths about God speaking to you, okay? The first one is this. You got to know God wants to speak to you. God wants you to hear his voice. Now, when people say that God speaks to me, God spoke to me, i say it quite often. God does speak to me, but it's never audible. I haven't had God audibly tell me something where I could hear with my natural ears. All of us have spirit ears. Jesus said many times in scripture, you have ears, but you do not hear. You have eyes, but you do not see. So he's saying you have natural eyes, natural ears, But your spiritual hearing, your spiritual sight is dead. So God speaks to our spirit man, okay? But you have to understand God wants to speak to you. God wants your life uh, to be um, directed by him. So God wants to speak to you. And the scripture says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. God says, You're my sheep. I'm going to speak to you. And God wants to wants to do that in your life. Is that my friend Pastor Michael Moore in the back? I can't see. No, okay. All right. I can't see with these lights up here. I thought, man, he he can come up and help me preach this today. All right. Number two, God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. God is speaking. Are you listening? God is saying more than we're hearing. God has some things that he wants to tell you. He probably has told you. But for various reasons, you may not be hearing him. So hopefully we want to take care of that today. It says, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Whoa. Well, pastor, what is that saying? Well, that's, that's the scripture. It is saying if you belong to God, you can hear his voice. And, that, and this, this is going to be accomplished today. You're going to be able to know this is God speaking to me. Because if you belong to him, you will hear his voice. The third truth is this. You need to hear his voice. You need God to speak to you. And maybe this is the reason why we don't hear him. At times, we think we got it. We think, hey, I got this covered. God, I'll check with you later on. And then when we tune our ears to him is when we need him. Is there anybody else out there like that? That you, you got it covered yourself and you go your own way and you think you, got, you know what's best anyway, and then when it gets to be trouble, we want to hear God. You can't believe how many times as a pastor I hear Oh, do we have any special prayer meetings? And then, because somebody would be like in, in, in trouble. And it's like, yeah, we, we do. And, but when things get better, it's like you don't see them anymore. Hmm. Isaiah 30 says this. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. I'm telling you. I'm like. i the kind of person, I pray over a parking space. Is anybody else like that? I mean, there ain't no sense in me having to walk further when I can just park up front. Lord, when I go buy something, I pray, Lord, you give me a deal. Lord, give me a deal. Anybody else like that? Is the Lord concerned about me getting a deal? He sure is. I'm his child. And I pray over all of those things. Why not? Wouldn't it be a shame if God had something for you that you just didn't ask for it? So I say, God, you just lead me and direct me. And I believe God just sort of leads me this way, and I believe he leads us that way. And and the result ends up being good because I'm I'm acknowledging him as my director, as my God. So it's so important for us to turn our ears toward him and say, God, if you don't speak to me, I can mess this up. I know from experience that if God don't help me out, I can sure get in a fix real fast. Anybody out there like that? Let the, raise your hand and let the Lord love on you today. You know who you are. And you've got to understand that, God, you've got to help me maybe a little bit more than the next person. I want to hear from you. I shared this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I think it was on a Sunday morning, but there was something in our house. Uh, we, we're buying a house and it's got a huge, it, it, it needs some work. And so we're, we're working on it now. But before we actually bought it, I was, um, I was just sort of feeling like, oh, I don't know if I want to do all of that work. And, um, and in the middle of the night, I don't know whether I dreamed it or not, in the middle of the night, I know God spoke to me and God said, you be excited about it. I have always been with you. I will always be with you. I want you to be excited about this. I mean, about three times he told me to be excited about it. And because my attitude was a little, eh. And I woke up the next morning and I told Patty, God told me that I should be excited about this. And I have been excited, mostly, since then. (laughs) Pastor Bobby, is God that personal? Yes, he is. He is just that personal with you. He wants to be that kind of personal God. Well, how do you know you ain't telling yourself that? Because I know my attitude. I know my flesh. It ain't going to tell me that. But God wants to speak to you just that way we need him to. So six ways God speaks to us, okay? Six ways he speaks to us. First of all is his word. Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God wants to speak his word to you. So you have to be in the word for him to speak his word to you, okay? So you have to to know his word, study his word, read his word. If you don't understand, if you have a King James Bible, do you please, you understand that's not the Bible the disciples used, okay? You can find you a different translation that you can understand, okay? Then he's... Speaks to you by His Spirit. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is right there with you all the time, speaking things to you. He speaks to godly counsel. Okay? He he, he does give you people in your life, or you should have people in your life that you know that are further along in the Lord than you are. If you don't have those people, seek them out. Okay? People with good character. That's so important. People with good character that have walked it out with the Lord, you have relationships with them. You ask them for advice. You ask them to be praying for you. Everyone needs that kind of person in their life. Don't make the same mistakes that, uh, or make mistakes that you could avoid just by having some good godly counsel in your life. Uh, dreams and visions, i just share with you. God has spoken to me many times through dreams and he wants to do that for you. Sometimes he has to quiet our mind down enough to speak something to us. And that happens through dreams. I've had him speak to me through visions. He wants to do that, just glimpses of, of images in your mind. And, and he wants to do that. Then signs and wonders, they're usually confirmation for you. We, uh, God will, it's, And it's okay to ask God for a confirmation, uh, especially if it's something big. I mean, not for the parking lot, right? But for, for something big, uh, he wants to give you a confirmation, okay? And then inward peace, inward peace. You can know that God is there with you. you it looks like you should be stressed out, but you just know it's, it's covered. It's taken, it's taken care of. God's got it. And that's a, a way that God speaks to you. You just know God is there with you. He's got you covered. I think some of you have received that today. Now, I just remembered I got up here, and the service was a little uh, different already. Alexis, and would you get Katrina? Because I want y'all to testify in just a moment, okay? I saw you, and I just was reminded that we have a couple of testimonies from their missions trip. So while she's doing that, question number two. Oh, wow. I don't want a hard one, Lord. Give me an easy one. All right, not uh, All right, it's voted. Let's see. The question is this mm, wow. yeah. <laughs> this is one that um, that I get asked um, often. It says, "Why does God take the people we love most from us?" It's very hard, in it? How many of you have lost someone that was very close to you? And it's like, God, couldn't you have taken someone else? <laughs> I, I can name a few people that you could have just go ahead and taken. Why do you take them? And this is very personal to me because at 26, God took the, the religious leader, uh, excuse me, not religious, the spiritual leader in my family. That was my mom. And my faith was upset, and I told God, uh, "God, I don't read your word no more. It doesn't work. Your stuff doesn't work." And God came after me. So glad God is a forgiving and gracious God. And I showed. Uh, I came upon a scripture, and I, um, I should have it written down. I don't have the, the the scripture, but the scripture says that people wonder why the righteous are taken before their time. And the scripture goes on to say, this is not word for word. But it says, God does that to spare them from the evil to come. And that, when I read that verse, it's like, wow, that, that is it. That God knows the future, I don't. And I see this just 3D. He knows the beginning from the end, the Bible says. So should God take someone that you love? God many times does that to spare them from the bad things to come in their life. Isn't that a gracious God? Good question, though. And I'll try to look up that scripture so I can give you the reference to that. Hey, would y'all come up front? Would you give these two special ladies a big round of applause? Just fresh off the Dominican Republic, and I'm sure... Uh, just saw some amazing things. So I asked them to give us a couple of testimonies. So Katrina, tell us about it.
1: Um, I think God revealed to me that we should always be grateful for what we have because those kids didn't have anything. They didn't have shoes on their feet. And they were happy to get a sucker or a pixie stick while we complain about not getting the $200 shoes or what kind of shoes we have. And we should just be thankful for what we have because we have it easier than they do. Um, so our trip, we started in Nashville for training with YWAM, Youth With a Mission, and over there, we literally had praise and worship from 7 in the morning to about eight, 9 o'clock at night. The only time we took breaks was either to have a meal or to go out into the community and pray for other people. Then we come right back, and it's more praise and worship, like 10, 15 songs, and then we have a lesson uh, take a five ten minute break. Come back and we continue to do it. And this was the whole time we was at YWAM. Um, but the first lesson we got um, was how to hear from God and how to be intentional about how we pray for people. Um, and so we would go out into what they you know the field, and we would go. We went to a park to pray for people, and everybody had a specific job to pray for somebody. If God tells you something about somebody, you had to go over there and pray for them. And so as I'm walking around, and I didn't hear anything, and most of the people that was with us, they had already prayed for somebody. I was like, dang, I I just really don't hear anything. And so we walked upon, it was a group of ladies, and it was one of them's 50th 50th birthday. And so somebody in the group wanted to pray for her. So the whole group came over, so I guess they could see what was going on with that. And um, so they prayed for her, and then there was a lady that was with her, a photographer, and the Lord kept telling me, okay, you're going to talk to her. I'm like, oh. you know, so after they prayed for her, then the photographer lady, she was like, well, I, I feel like I need prayer. So I'm like, okay. Um, I already knew that I was supposed to pray for her. And I asked her, what did she want prayer for? She said she had asthma. She wanted prayer for asthma. So as I began to pray for her, for her asthma, the Lord started showing me other things about her that she had been asking him for. And when I started speaking on those things, it was like the people that were with her that knew her situation, they was like, wow, oh my goodness, this and that. I'm like, wow, okay, you know, this is for real. So after I prayed for her, Trina prayed with another lady. And so while we were touching and agreeing with her, then the Lord started telling me things about her because all she asked for was general prayer. And the Lord said, no, she's having some financial problems. She's having problems with anxiety and this and that. And I'm hearing all of this. So after Trina prayed, then I said, okay, I said, well, God is telling me you have a financial burden, and this lady just started crying. I'm like, oh, okay. So, I just kept going, and everything the Lord was telling me to tell her, like, everybody in the group, they just, you know, everybody just started crying. I was like, wow. And, you know, to just be able to hear God speak that clearly um, and intentionally, and to be able to pass that message on. So, when we got to the Dominican, that was a whole nother world. It was like, there was no hot water there was no air conditioner um the place the compound where we were living it had like double barbed wire there was a guard at the gate they kept watch over us to keep people from i guess i don't know because we were christians and a lot of them weren't and you know to keep down the situations um but then we would go into the field and these people's homes they were made out of stuff we would pull off the side of the roads um And everybody lived in one bedroom. Everything was done. That's, that's the kitchen. That's the bathroom. That's everything. And so when we get there and I begin to teach them about the armor of God. And after I asked them, you know, did anybody want to give their life to Christ? And literally everybody's hand went up and I was like, wow, I was only expecting one or two people, but everybody. So I read, um, Romans 10 and nine. And then, um, I asked them to recite the prayer Pastor Bobby gave me before I went over there. And literally everybody, the hunger that they have for the Lord, it was like, it was overwhelming. And so every time I taught, I asked them. And almost the whole room, kids, the adults, everybody in there raised their hand wanting to give their lives to Christ. And it was just amazing just to, for them not to have anything. And just everybody that I encountered, um, well, Lucretia told them that I was a nurse. So it was literally so many people. I need prayer for my gallbladder. I need prayer for this. I need prayer for that. You know, want me to help them with their illnesses. I'm like, I'm thinking, well, I didn't come over here, you know, in the capacity of a nurse, but to be able to pray with them and to help them in those areas. And then one little boy, he had, his toe was bleeding. And I'm like, he literally just needs a band-aid. You know, that's all he needs. But. When I said that, I've li- I said, I said, he needs a Band-Aid. They was what's a Band-Aid? That's something that we take for granted because most of us have first aid kits in our home. But, like, they, they didn't have access to any of this stuff. And so it's like, wow. So I brought a first aid kit. It was really for the people that I was with just in case. But I ended up using my whole first, kit, my whole first aid kit on the community because they didn't have any of this stuff. And I think so one day we went to church and not to work, but just to have praise and worship. And there was a lady, a couple of rows in front of me and she had passed out. She was, uh, had a seizure. And so they had to grab her and and take her outside. And I'm like, yeah, somebody's gonna call me. So I'm just sitting there, like trying to be quiet, making sure don't nobody call me to go. (laughs) Like, okay. So I go outside with them. And, you know, asking them questions about what's going on with her. Somebody said she had epilepsy. Like, nobody knew what that was. So that turned into a teaching moment. And I asked them about her medication. It was like, we don't have medication for that here. And then for us, it's like, it's so easy for us to go to the hospital and we'll get prescribed two or three medicines for what she had and what she has to struggle with every day because they don't have access to it. And so... You know, And so that turned into a teaching moment, me teaching them how to deal with her illness without having the medication for it. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm so thankful that I was able to be there, even though I didn't go over there, you know, in the capacity of a nurse, like it literally turned into that. He did. He did. God really did work through me in that capacity to be able to teach these people just the little stuff that we know and we take advantage of every single day. So I just, I guess, you know, just dealing with what we dealt with and even the fact of using the bathroom, like we couldn't put tissue in the toilet. Like they said, if we did, it would destroy the community. I'm like, dang, you don't want to be that person to destroy a community with some tissue. Uh, So it's like, yeah, and so we couldn't drink the water. So it's like, you had to be intentional about brushing your teeth and, you know, when you bathe and, and all of this, so it's like, the United States, we, you know, we have our issues, but in comparison, it, it doesn't even compare to what these people go through, and the freedoms that we have, and, and we take advantage of, and it's, you know, I just feel like it makes you more grateful for what we have, just the little things, even a Band-Aid, you know, that we have access to, that these people, they're yearning for this, they're yearning for the Lord, and we have access to them, and we have that freedom. And a lot of the times we just, we don't take advantage of it. So I implore you, you know, be intentional, be thankful, be grateful, because God has given us a lot. The freedoms that we have are immeasurable to what other countries have.
0: Amen. Proud of y'all. Give it up for him. You know, they see miracles because they have forced faith. We can medicate our situation, but they don't have no other option. And um, maybe some of you are here today. You don't have no other option. You're in a good place if you have God. If you give it to him, he can work through your situation. You just got to give it to him. I believe, that for, believe him for that. Uh, in a couple of years, okay, we'll give you plenty of time to put back money. Save your money. We will do some fundraising, but we're planning on going to Cuba in two years. So start putting back your money. If that's a trip you want to be a part of, save your money. We'll do some fundraising, not a whole lot, but um, it'll be about a $2,500 trip. Okay, so that's in a couple of years. So proud of them. Y'all represented the kingdom of God and moved church so well. Okay, so I think we got time for question number two, I believe. So let's get into that. Question number two, if I could find it in my notes, question number two. Oh, question number three is what I'm looking for. Okay. What does the Bible say about judging others? Woo! Can we talk about it just for a moment? Don't be judging me. Who made you my judge? Let's, Let's look at it. Let's look at it. So should we judge others? Let's look at the word. Jesus said, Matthew 7, do not judge or you too will be judged. Hmm. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Hmm. Now that just should make us all careful. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now God is a just God. he's a gracious God but he's a just God verse 3 Jesus said why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye the blues song will say sweep around your own front door before you go try to sweep around mine (laughs) how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your eye When all the time there's a plank in your own eye, Jesus got a sense of humor, don't he? You're trying to get a little splinter out your brother's eye and you can't even see you got a big two before in your own eye. And I love it, don't you? Look, Jesus said, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. But look at this though. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So right up front, we see this is a a, a yes or no, a no and yes kind of question. Should we judge others? No, we shouldn't judge with the wrong motive. But you see, Jesus said, take care of your own stuff and then help your brother. He says, take the speck out. So anything that we would do that would be a judgment is out of love. The motivation would be out of love so if you see a person struggling in sin that is a Christian should you not go to them and help them if your motive is right if your motive is love let's look at what the scripture says in Galatians 6 1 brothers and sisters if someone is caught in a sin you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. Wow. If if you got your stuff right and you're living for God and you can go to them in love, hoping to restore them, yes, go to them. But watch yourself or you also may be tempted. And I don't think he's talking about being tempted by the very same thing. I think he's talking He's talking about being tempted to just judge. You know, if you've walked through some of that, how many of you have really struggled with drugs? Would you raise your hand? And God has delivered you, and you're living for God. You have a pull in your heart for someone else that's struggling in that way. There There is a connection because you know what they're going through. And, and, and so that God pulls on your heart, and, and I think he wants you to. I think he wants you to go to them and speak hope, speak love, speak deliverance. Not enable them, right? And not spread the word about that to everybody else. And not stand back and say, "Hey." Ah. But in love, that you would go and say, hey, let me just tell you what God has done for me. Now, we're talking about people in the church. What about people that are not living for God? Are we supposed to to judge them? No, look at what the scripture says. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Wow. Look, sinners are going to sin. People are going to do what they do. In the church, our motive has to be love. Not to tear down. Always to help deliver them so very good question I want to get to this next one real fast okay then we'll close I think Brower gave me a thumbs up on fish was that a thumbs up good question number four can you sin without knowing it I want you to raise your hand if you say yeah you can sin without knowing it all right put your hand down how many of you say no you can't sin without knowing it would you raise your hand you're going to know if you sin. I see one hand that says you're going to know if you sin. Two, two. Okay, so let me, let me answer that. I see a few more hands going up. Okay, so, so this is one of those questions that we have to qualify just a little bit. So that I would say no first. Can you sin without knowing it? No, not if you are a child of God. Not if you are a Christian and your heart is beating for God and you have the spirit of God in you. He's going to let you know. I mean, if your heart is, is bent, he, the Bible says he's sent here to convict us. So he, he lets me know instantly. I mean, he just lets me know. Now, it depends on what my situation, where my heart is. That, and that's the, that's, that's the circumstance, Right. If my heart is, God, I want you, search my heart, Lord, show me. He's going to show me. He's not going to let me be deceived. He's going to let me know. Now, he may give me a moment sometimes. I think he wants to see if I figure it out on my own. And then sometimes it's, oh, you shouldn't have said that last week. That's been a week ago. So, but also, can you sin without knowing it? Yes. The Bible talks about our conscience. And did you know it's very possible to scar your conscience by sin? And if you turn a deaf ear to the Holy Spirit over and over again, your conscience will get scarred. God gave you a conscience that would allow His Spirit to speak into your spirit. But you can actually scar that conscience. The Bible says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. One of the scariest times that I've had spiritually speaking is when I, was, I realized as a, as a young man that I had been living in sin and no longer convicted. And you can get there. And it took the Holy Spirit to tell me, you're not convicted. You don't even feel guilty anymore. And it really scared me saved. Anybody ever been there? God, I can't believe I've come this far off course and I'm not even worried about it no more. And you can get there. If, if you go your own way, the Lord will let you for a while. I'm thankful, though, he comes back after you, though. Are yeah. you? Look at James 1. Let's look at another scripture. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but de- deceives his heart, that's per- this person's religion is worthless. Whoa, that's a hard scripture, ain't it? And this person's thinking he's religious. Well, brother, I go to church. But that, well, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. It helps you if your heart is pointed toward God. But, it, but it's hurting the kingdom of God if you ain't living it out. Matter of fact, if you're going to be a heathen, don't tell nobody you go to move church. <laughs> the Baptist church down the road, just tell them you go there. <laughs> it hurts the kingdom of God. Now, again, nobody's perfect. Now, we're always repenting, amen? As a matter of fact, repentance is a, is a daily thing. Look at this scripture. Let's look at a couple more scriptures and we're going to pray. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Your very heart, the Bible says, can deceive you. And it's so important for you to say, Lord, search my heart. I do want you to show me. Y'all, and I've taught, we've said this quite often here, that any conviction is not pushing away. That would be condemnation. Any conviction that the Lord blesses you with, it's love shown to you. I'm going to show you this right now so you don't have to pay for it later on. That's a good God, ain't it? I'm going to show you how wrong this is right now so it doesn't make it worse for you down the road. And it doesn't pass on to your kids and their kids. Let's go ahead and take care of it right now. You can't do that. Isn't that a good God? That's a loving God. That's a gracious God. Let me give you seven rules of repentance. And then we're going to repent. First of all, you've got to acknowledge that sin. Call sin, sin. It's sin. It's not pleasing to the Lord. If He shows you it, it's sin. But it's just a little dirty joke. If God shows you, it's sin. It's just a little movie, it's just entertainment. I've heard people call nudity in movies entertainment and art. God shows you it's sin, right? Take, take ownership. I sinned. As a matter of fact, let's practice that. I sinned. Let's say it together. I sinned. Not the devil made me do it. No. Not because of the way I brought up was brought up. Not I misspoke. I sinned. Take ownership of it. David, when he repented for sinning against Bathsheba, he said, I alone have sinned. I did it. But then confess it to God. God already knows it, right? But say, God, you know. You know I sinned. And I'm... I'm asking you, number four, for forgiveness. I see quite a few rightness there. so important. God, I'm asking you for forgiveness. I've sinned, I've messed up, I've gone off course, I'm not pleasing to you, and I'm sorry for it, and I want you to forgive me. Okay, so important to this point. Now, you're, you're acknowledging it, you're owning it, you're giving it to God. God, I'm so sorry, okay? Now, when you reach number four, it's time to repent means to turn, okay? So you receive forgiveness. By faith. And I've heard so many times people ask me, well, what happens I still don't feel forgiven? Yeah, sometimes you don't. The Bible needs to let you, f- sometimes God lets you feel the hurt you caused. He wants you to know the weight of it. It's a relationship. The Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So sometimes you don't instantly feel forgiven. That's the reason why you gotta receive it by faith. I tell God, your word says it, and I'm gonna believe it. If you're taking notes, write down 1 John 1, nine. okay? 1 John 1, 1.9 says, it's to be a great, for all the folks that miss it in this room, it's to be a great verse to memorize. I got it memorized. <laughs> it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad for that? And that's received by faith. So God, I... You forgave me. I, 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 don't, I don't really struggle with forgiveness. Now I, I like to feel it. When I mess it, mess up, and I ask Him to forgive me, I receive that by faith. Thank you. I receive it. I walk in it. Thank you for it. But but I don't treat it as a light thing. That would be abusing grace, right? And we shouldn't do that. So take some precautions not to do it again. Sometimes we just sorry we got caught. And we just need the Lord to help us. Lord, I need to know the weight of this. This is nothing to play around with. This hurt our relationship. Sorry about that. I received forgiveness. I, if I pass away right now, if I die, I'm going to heaven. Thank you for that. But Lord, help me not to do it again. Give me some steps. One thing I've, I've noticed about the Holy Spirit, he will give you some steps. He'll give you a plan. Okay? And number seven, move closer to God. Go a little harder after him than you did before. Would you stand? I hope you are enjoying this. It gives us a little break from the, from the normal message. We'll get back there soon, but sort of fun to explore some questions and it's fun to see where, what questions are in, in in your heart. So many things that... Um, in life that you may not get the answer to. But if you have the Holy Spirit working in your life, hear me, you will not go wrong. I mean, you can't miss it if you have a relationship with God. It, that you want to make sure you walk in obedience to what he tells you to do, but you cannot miss it. Well, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know about this. I don't know how this is going to work. I find that in life, there's about 60% of things I don't know how it's going to work out. Especially when you start walking in faith. And when you walk in faith, that number probably goes up. God, I don't know how you're going to take care of this. But I just know you are. And I do my best. But I'm just going to leave the rest up to you. And I think there may be somebody here today that that describes where you are at the moment. That you feel like you're doing your best and you're struggling with it not connecting. The dots not connecting. And I believe the Lord wants to give you the faith to see that you may not know what the picture looks like, but you know the one that's gonna connect the dots. And you just know He's gonna do it. You just know He's gonna draw it all out for you. Would you bow your head just for a moment? If that's you, would you raise your hand? I need to know how He's gonna, I need to know. I don't need to know how. I just need Him to connect the dots. Raise it up real high and ask Him to show you. If, if Lord, if you can't show me the picture, Or just let me know it's going to be done. Give me that inner peace. Ask him right now, okay? Now, if there's any area that you're not obedient with, it, now it's time. God, forgive me for that. I I might have messed it up. I might have tried to do it all by myself. I just need to know you got me. I just need to know you got me. Lord, I believe right now that you're letting him. Raise your hand real high. I I want you to raise your hand real high if you would. Like you're reaching out to God's hand, okay? There's no shame in here. It's like you're reaching up to God's hand. Now, Lord, I'm asking right now, as you see these hands raised, that you would reach down and let them feel your presence, knowing you got it. Should you start feeling God's presence, man, you start feeling a, a tingly thing going on, go ahead and raise the other hand and give him praise, okay? Like a baby would reach up to his father. Get me all the way up, daddy, come on. Pick me all the way up. Oh, yes, Lord, I see you doing it. Now, every hand raised, Lord God. Let them begin feeling your touch. I see you doing it. I see hands raised all over this place. God, you're picking them up by your presence. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. You're faithful to do that, God. You're faithful to do that. Never let them forget that just as they're reaching out, you're reaching down. And, Lord, you got them. You got them. You got them. They may not have the picture, they might not know all the answers, but you got them. You got them, and they can't go wrong. They cannot go wrong in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So awesome, man, to just see hands. Both hands start raising, because I know you're connecting with the Lord. If there's sin in your life, let's repent. Let's practice what we just learned. Let's pray it out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner, I need a savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm gonna do my best to live for you, in Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, we receive it, we receive it, we receive forgiveness. We thank you, God, that we we receive it. It's in the past. Give us a plan, Lord God. If there's, uh, Give us a plan not to go back to it again. Let us come closer and closer to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Woo.